you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the U.S. Marine Corps. DJ Bucky here. And, Bucky, we have got, I mean, we have jam-packed shows before. This one has got more goodies in it than any show we've ever done. I mean, we have a lot that we're squeezing in. We're going to talk about the top five quarterbacks in my latest top five rankings. We will also discuss the perfect parents in the AFC South and AFC West. And you also did a sit-down with Miami star tight end David Njoku. Yeah. So we got to get to that. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going here. So let's not mess around. Let's jump in real quick here. Florida State just had their pro day. Dalvin Cook, uh, talking to scouts that were there, anywhere from 449 to 453 is where they had him on their watches, Buck. Said he had an outstanding field workout, caught the ball really easy, saw that burst, the acceleration, as well as that lateral quickness that we've seen from him on tape. Well, I mean, I think that's what he is. He's a, a terrific player that can run between the tackles. He also can get on the edge. He catches the ball well out the backfield. He is someone who has an opportunity to be a very, very special player in an offense that really features the running back, not only as a runner, but also as a receiver. I think he has a chance to go. Uh, the teams that I like for him, the Washington Redskins and really the Kansas City Chiefs, I think they were outstanding. Also, the Indianapolis Colts. It'd be a nice fit. I just wonder about some of the other stuff he has to get through. Yeah, look, those are some some good fits for him there. How about in terms of the running back order? We'll get into your top five list on your quarterbacks here a little bit later. And by the way, for your entire top five list, you go to NFL.com slash uh, I think you tried. I think, Bucky I think, Brooks. I think, just find me, Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks. Maybe Bucky top five. Eh, we'll figure that out. But you can find all your, your list on NFL.com. So when you look at where he ranks in the order of these backs, forget about where you have Bucky. Where do you think he comes off the board? What number running back? 
I think he'd be the third running back to come off the board. Yeah, I think Christian you. McCaffrey has momentum that he will go over top of him, but I think Dalvin Cook is a better player in terms of being an every-down feature back. So that's why I have him ranked second. But, I mean, it's some, there are some intriguing places. I think a lot of it would be determined on how he interacts with the team officials when he goes to the building on these team visits that are coming down the next month. Yeah, I think you look at some places, though, with young quarterbacks, man, it'd be nice to let him grow up with a young quarterback uh, we'll, see how, we'll see how he goes. I think he definitely goes in the first round. I agree with you, though. I think he's the third running back to go. All right, your top five list. You've got your quarterbacks here. Let's roll through that because this has been a difficult challenge for me, I know, to get these quarterbacks in order. I finally, Bucky, I'd gone back and forth so many times. I wrote it in ink. I put it to bed. I'm done. So before you give us the names of your top five quarterbacks in order, are you done? No, 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 I'm not done. You're not done yet? I'm not done. I'm not done yet. I'm still holding out hope I will make one more addition and update. And we may see a little bit, of <laughs> a little bit of movement. Little, well, little let's movement. give it. Let's get a status report then. Here, a little progress report on these. Little progress report. Where we are now, thirty days from the draft. Here's how I see the quarterback rankings. The number one guy for me right now is Deshaun Watson, coming out of Clemson. He's the ultimate winner, game competitor. The guy that was thirty-two and three during his time at Clemson, uh, won a national title, has played well on the biggest and brightest of stages. He is someone that I thought continued to improve near the end of the season, played very, very well, and threw the ball well at the combine. Even though the combine doesn't have a defense, I think he's a guy that's positioned to be the first quarterback off the board. Yeah, to me, look, he's not a finished product. There are some things he needs to clean up. You start with a base of big enough, strong enough, athletic enough, can make every throw tough, poised, competitive, intelligent. That's a good place to work from. He's got some other things. Decision-making needs to improve, deep ball accuracy, but, man, you've got a good base to build on. You have a good base to build on. He, he loves the stuff and the intangible qualities, the things that you you must have to be a successful quarterback in the league. He has that and passed that in flying colors. So my second guy, Deshaun Kaiser from Notre Dame. And I know there are a lot of people that have Mitch Trubisky rated over him. Mitchell, to, drop the Mitchell on him. He goes back and forth. He can't say, so I'm going to say Mitch. Um, the thing about Kaiser, he's the prototype. He's big, athletic, has tremendous arm strength and arm talent. And when he is playing at his game, I believe his ceiling is higher than anybody else's in the class. The thing is, he's been plagued by inconsistencies, the footwork, having everything tied in. But that guy that we saw versus the University of Texas early in the year, I'm willing to bank that's the one that shows up in the pros. Because of that, I have him at number two. But I got a little asterisk by him because I still think he could be the best one in the class when it's sitting down. Ah, maybe a little foreshadowing there. All right, who you got number three on your list? Here we go, Mitchell Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, whatever he is. He's a Tar Heel. I'll just call him the Tar Heel. The Tar Heel <laughs> is probably the purest drop back passer in this class. Smooth stroke, throws with tremendous anticipation and timing. The ball is com- comes out of his hand well before the receiver gets out of their routes. I like that. The biggest thing for him is just the inexperience. Can he step right into a huddle and be the guy, a franchise guy from day one? I'm a little undecided on that. Because of that, I drop him back to number three. Breaking news, by the way, in the middle of your list, NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks to find your top fives. All right, who you got number four on the list here? All right, number four is the biggest wild card in this draft class is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a gunslinger. He is someone had, I mean, like you talk about, he and Deshaun Kaiser, they probably have two of the biggest arms in the class. He can make every throw. He can make it from various platforms. He plays a little sandlot e for me, meaning he is all over the place. He just kind of runs around and makes plays. It has worked for him at Texas Tech. I believe he has to clean that part of his game up at the next level. He has to play a little more discipline, but there's no denying the talent. And at his best, 
he could be Matt Stafford. At his worst, he's going to be a turnover machine. Yeah, the thing about him is his best plays have nothing to do with what was called, and not in the huddle, but just what the play call was. It's all outside of the offense, him running around like crazy and making some unbelievable throws, but he does need to rein it in a little bit. All right, number five, who's the last guy in your top five? Here we go, Davis Webb. Davis Webb, to me, is a guy that looks like a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Quick rhythm passer. He is accurate. He's decisive. He just has a feel for really making throws with timing and anticipation. And I know the track record for quarterback coming out of this system hasn't been great, but I believe he really has a pro-style game. I think he is someone – you talk about the top of the second round, he's going to be a gem. I think he's an outstanding playmaker, outstanding prospect. Yeah, very streaky quarterback. He gets hot. He gets rolling. Did a nice job here. You see him in the senior bowl. Thought he helped his stock there. All right, that's your top five quarterbacks, Bucky. Again, NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks to see his entire top five list, Buck. But now let's uh, let's jump into our perfect pairings. And if you're just checking this out for the first time here, this is what we do. We take the first two picks mm-hmm. for teams inside a division, and we try and match up two players who we think would be perfect fits for these teams. So we're going to go AFC South. We're going to go Jacksonville Jaguars here. Fourth overall pick, you have the floor. I mean, this is an easy one for me. And the reason it's easy for me because Tom Coughlin comes back and one thing that has been a common denominator for the most successful teams that the Jaguars have ever had, the presence of a feature back that can get it done with power, explosiveness, and violence. Nature I Means, Fred Taylor, some of the other guys that play there, Leonard Fournette could be the next one. And even though Tom isn't the coach, he is really setting the vision for the program. Doug Marone wants to be physical. They want to alleviate some of the pressure on their young quarterback, Blake Bortles. The best way to do it is to get him a banger, a workhorse running back, a guy that plays with an intensity and a passion that you absolutely love. Leonard Fournette, for me, if he's there at four, I think the Jaguars have to take him because it kind of changes the tone and tenor of the franchise. Take a little pressure off your quarterback there in Blake Bortles and you get this big man in there. Man, he is. Talk about speed and power. He brings it. Uh, now I get to pick number 35, Bucky, and this is – to me, is a nice little bit of a luxury pick on a very good defense. People don't realize how good this Jags defense was last year. Chidobe Awuzie from Colorado, and this is why I like him. Look, they went out and got A.J. Bouye in free agency. They've got Jalen Ramsey. Those are two great corners, young corners. Great corners. Now you get Awuzie, who can play the nickel, who can also drop back and play one of those safety spots as well. So they've made some investments in free agency at the safety spot. I think he could end up being better than those folks back there. In the meantime, I'm going to plug him in at nickel, let him be a run support player as well as mirror those slot receivers. He's a very, very valuable commodity in this draft. The thing that I like about this pick is attitude, attitude, attitude. As they're building this defense up, they took Miles Jack, alpha personality. They added Jalen Ramsey, alpha personality. The guys that they brought in, A.J. Bouye, uh, Barry Church, some of those guys, all of them have the same kind of personality. He fits right into that defense. They need more toughness. Awuzie brings toughness for sure. All right, let's get to the Colts here. They pick 15th in this draft. I got them going edge rusher here in Derek Barnett out of the University of Tennessee. One of the more natural pass rushers we have in this draft class, Bucky. I tell you what, he doesn't, he's not explosive in the testing, but you see him win with speed, and he can really bend around the edge for somebody. When you first watch him, I thought, man, maybe more of a power player. Then you really start to study him. He can bend and wrap the edge and do some special things out there. You know, I like him. I kind of call him Mr. Miyagi because his hand skills are the best at that position in this draft class. You talk about 10-plus sacks every season at Tennessee. He is a guy that really dominated. And when you think about the guys on that all-time list at Tennessee that he surpassed, Reggie White, he surpassed him as the sack leader, ranks only behind Leonard Little in terms of tackles for loss, dominant player. I think he's going to show up and be a terrific pro. All right, so I went with a Tennessee volunteer with their first-round pick. Where are you going with their second-round I mean, pick? we can give him a buddy. We can give him one of his teammates. How about Alvin Kamara being able to come in and be an electric playmaker out of the backfield for Andrew Luck? You're talking about someone who is terrific in space, has the speed to take it a distance in the running game, but is also a crafty route runner with strong hands. 
he is someone to me that I think is a matchup nightmare. As Andrew Luck is really becoming comfortable in this offense, he needs more weapons. The thing that he hasn't had is a weapon out the backfield. That's a game changer for the Colts offense. Tell you what, pretty darn good kickoff returner as well. They could rotate him in there in that mix as well. All right, now we've got a couple teams here, some interesting teams. The Tennessee Titans, Bucky, they have two first-rounders here. Pick number five. Pick number 18. I'll, I'll let you make the first one here at pick number five. A lot of options. A lot of people think maybe they trade out, but in this scenario we have them staying right there. Say they stay at home. They want to continue to upgrade the secondary. How about Marshawn Lattimore from Ohio State? Marshawn Lattimore is a polished cover corner, a guy that is smooth and fluid, tremendous movement skills, does a great job of really using a variety of techniques on the island, bail, off, press. He can do everything. He is scheme-friendly because his game really translates into any system. I believe the guy can be a star. If he's able to overcome the hamstring issues that played him during his time in Ohio State, this is what I talk about being a perennial Pro Bowl player. That's where his skill set suggested he could be at the league. No, I think he's the best corner in this draft, Bucky. And that, let's really upgrade this defense. You got him going corner at five. How about at 18, they go Hassan Reddick, who's helped himself probably more than anybody else in the postseason. You look at what he did at the Senior Bowl, how he worked out at the Combine. From what I heard, how he interviewed with the teams, this is a special, special kid to go along with a special talent. So you've got the versatility. He can rush off the edge if you want. You can stack him inside linebacker. All I know is you've added some speed and some playmaking to that front seven. The one thing that I do know you added is you added a football player, meaning a guy that loves football. He's passionate about it. You talk about the versatility outside. Can he play inside? This is a former walk-on safety who has made the transition to be a front seven player. Love the intensity, love the attitude. He was one of the stars of the Senior Bowl. His stock continues to rise, and I think he's merited because he's a terrific player. We're to the point now where I don't know he's even going to be there at pick number 18. I mean, when they really pick. like him. I mean, we continue to talk about him on a daily basis. He is someone that has certainly benefited from this long, drawn-out process. No, he's been outstanding. All right, now we've got the team that won the division last year, the Houston Texans. Pick number 25, I'll lead us off here. Offensive line seems to be the way they have to go here. And Cam Robinson, to me, I think he play right tackle. Some people have talked about, is he a left tackle? Is he a right tackle? Is he a guard? I think he finds his home at right tackle, and I think he can be a long-term starter and an upgrade there for the Houston Texans, Buck. The tape is a little bit inconsistent with him. When he's at his best, you see the power. You see the punch that he possesses. He can lock guys down. Get a tendency to get a little bit overextended, get over his skis a little bit, can get caught off balance. So some things to clean up. The good news is he's young. He's got a chance to really, really improve and be, become a really good football player. He can be a really good football player. He has to identify what his style is. His style is based on what his skill sets are. He's a mauler brawler. He does a great job moving people off the ball in the run game. He needs to go to a team that features the run prominently in the game plan. For me in the second round, 57 pick, how about Marcus May from Florida going in and kind of screwing up their safety position? This is someone that you talk about being active, aggressive. He is one of the few players that has the ability to play against the pass, but is also acting in the line of scrimmage against the run. I like Marcus May. This would be a terrific find for the Houston Texans in the second round. Oh, there you have it. I'm a big Marcus May fan as well. Look, Keanu Neal did a great job in his rookie season last year coming out of this this defense of Florida. I think Marcus May can have a similar type of an impact there, Buck. All right, before we get to the AFC West, one thing we've done is we had a chance to speak with a bunch of general managers throughout this process as we march towards the draft, and we've tried to get a road dog story. Okay, we're both former scouts. We all have our stories from the road, so we want to get road stories from some of these GMs from their younger days when they were out there scouting and I'm going to tell you, Clark, we got a real humdinger here from Chargers GM Tom Telesco. I went to a uh, Rhode Island at Northeastern game, and if, if you remember, Northeastern, they played it, it was almost like a high school field. They had like eight rows of bleachers and a press box about at the 10th row. And I'm there to see Frankie Ferrara, who was a defensive end at Rhode Island, 
and I'm the only scout there. I'm standing during warm-ups. I'm watching him, and, and he points at me, and he's like, I'm going to get three sacks today. Uh, you know, okay, you know, usually prospects don't <laughs> talk to scouts during, during pregame. So I, I go up to the press box, and uh, lo and behold, he gets a sack like in the first quarter, and he points up to the press box. <laughs> and I'm looking around, I'm like, he, he said, that's one, I'm getting two more. I'll never forget that. And, and by the way, he, he was one, of all these years of scouting, I'll never forget him. He's, he played as hard as any prospect I'd ever seen at any level. Um, he ended up making with the Giants for a number of years and, and played in the league. But, uh, yeah, I'd never had a prospect to talk to me during pregame and during the game and point me out in the press box. Oh, that, that's a beauty there, Bucky. Frankie Ferrara. I like that. Call your shot. Oh, it's fantastic. Call your shot. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Make your play point up to the press box. Right, Nicely let them know. And we've done this with a bunch of GMs. So we've had we've rolled out a couple. And we did a Thomas Dimitrov one we released last week. you got to check that out if you haven't seen it. We've got some more on the way here, so be on the lookout for those. All right, let's go, though, to the division there that Tom Telesco calls home. New city, though, in Los Angeles. New city, uh, Los LA. Los Angeles Chargers, seventh LA pick. LA Chargers, seventh pick. They'll get an opportunity to jump right back in the mix. Anthony Lynn should be able to get this team right back into playoff contention. I'm going to go to seventh pick. How about Malik Hooker from Ohio State being the guy that, it, I mean, he basically, in essence, play, replaces Eric Weddle. Big-time center field player, maybe the most instinctive playmaker that I've seen at the position since Ed Reed came on board in 2002. Outstanding instincts, awareness, anticipation. More importantly, he catches the ball when it's in his area. Seven interceptions, three pick sixes. He's a game-changer. For the charge. I had somebody ask me the other day with the team, who has the best hands in this draft? And I think they they were talking about receivers. I said, Malik Hooker. <laughs> uh, he's got the best hands in this draft class. All right, pick number 38. Let's look for a ultimate, eventual successor for Phillip Rivers at the quarterback position. Let's go Davis Webb here at pick number 38. Big pocket passer, can can deliver the ball down the field. I think when you look at Phillip Rivers, yeah, I think he's still playing at a high level. But you got to eventually start finding that replacement, and I think this is a good spot here in the second round with Davis Webb. I'll be really excited about this pairing if it comes to fruition. Davis Webb would have an opportunity to learn behind a perennial pro bowler and Phillip Rivers. This offense that Ken Wisenhunt has put together should play well for his skill set. If Tom Telesco and those guys can pull the trigger in the second round on Davis Webb, I believe everybody in L.A. and San Diego will still be happy with the charges and what they've done. All right, let's go with the, uh, the Denver Broncos here, a team trying to get back on top of the mountain, took a little bit of a step back last year pick number 20 Bucky in the offensive line is kind of the elephant in the room they've got yep. to continue to address that Garrett Bowles to me from Utah you want somebody that's athletic somebody that brings a nasty physical demeanor they want to run the football there in Denver you get somebody like Garrett Bowles in place he's going to help you get that done he absolutely can help you get it done. He's ultra athletic. He has a tough and feisty, kind of a gritty demeanor. Knocks guys around. I love his ability to sustain and finish. And for the Denver Broncos, Vance Joseph, you're trying to kind of recreate what they had when they won Super Bowl 50. Has to be about the toughness, being able to control the line of scrimmage in the trenches. He is one part of what should be a rebuilt offensive line that allows them to get back to the recipe for success. All right, upgrading the offensive line is a big priority, Bucky. But then in the second round, we always say you never have too many pass rushers. You right? never have too many pass rushers, and when you lose a DeMarcus Ware, you can't necessarily replace him with the same level player, but you can replace him with an energetic small school phenom and Derek Rivers. This is a guy that watching him on tape, I was impressed with the first step quickness, the motor, the burst. There you see it at the bottom of the screen. 13 sacks, 17 and a half tackles for loss. I thought he did a pretty good job at the Senior Bowl when I had a chance to watch him. He is someone who's going to have an opportunity to be a terrific player. Off the edge. Give me the play-by-play. Let's get, tell me that he sacks the San Diego quarterback. How would you? How would you broadcast that? 
<laughs> Derek Rivers off the edge. Down goes Rivers. It's Rivers <laughs> on Rivers. There's Rivers everywhere. Uh, all right, let's move on now to the Oakland soon-to-be Las Vegas. Vegas Raiders. And they hold the 24th overall pick. Bucky, I'll give you this one. Here we go. The late great Al Davis loves his corners, and he loves them long and fast. Kevin King fits the bill. Long, rangy playmaker on the outside from the University of Washington. And I know he kind of lived in the shadows of the more acclaimed Sidney Jones, but this is a guy that when you talk to people, they just talk about him doing all the right things. A-plus guy, A-plus worker, understands the game, spends time in the film room, and his game reflects that. Has tremendous instincts, awareness, and anticipation. Just plays the game the right way. At 24, the Oakland Raiders would be happy to get a long-ranging player like this. Yeah, no, I think he's definitely in the mix there in the in – the Mid to late portion of round one, I think that's where you're going to see Kevin King go off the board and a very, very talented kid. All right, let's go pick number 56, second round. Let's go ahead and get a big back for these Oakland Raiders. Let's go add a little Dante Foreman from Texas who just had his pro day, Bucky, and I heard some crazy times for guys. Two, crazy almost, time, two, almost huh? 240 and he ran in the mid 4-4s. So, to me, he'd be a nice player, nice push guy to put in the mix there with the Raiders they've got some interesting backs they have in place there but man I would love to see what he could do I would love to see what he can do if the Raiders are going to kind of enjoy to kind of tease the idea of taking Marshawn Lynch this is a guy that is a big younger version of Marshawn Lynch in terms of being able to run between the tackles you had that 4-4 speed he can take it to distance as well he'd compliment what they have on campus there all right now last team in the division Kansas City Chiefs Pick number 27, we've both kind of hinted at this possibility, so let's just go ahead and put it out there. Deshaun Watson, right? That makes some sense for the Chiefs, doesn't it, Buck? It makes a lot of sense for the Kansas City Chiefs. When you go back and look at Andy Reid's track record and what he's been able to do with athletic quarterbacks, had a tremendous amount of success. Alex Smith, Deshaun Watson, actually I see very similar games when you watch them on tape. I believe this would be the perfect fit. He can sit and watch a guy who is a winner and Alex Smith apply his trade in Kansas City area. Yeah, really, really similar when you kind of look at the success they had in college, similar athletes, um, similar skill sets. So, no, I think that would be a great opportunity for him. Coach Reed, haven't been around him with the Eagles. Um, he's always looking for a quarterback to develop, and this would be a great candidate and could have a big payoff for them down the line. Now we get to the second round, Bucky. Uh, we're thinking defense. Yeah, we're thinking defense, and we're thinking for possibly a replacement for Don Tari Poe. He departed as a free agent. He goes to Atlanta. You need someone big in the inside that can be a power player, a guy that can move people, create penetration. How about Montrevious Adams? Big physical player. When you watched him at the senior ball, he was unblockable in one-on-one drills. Great hands, has cat-like quickness, surprising for a man of his size. He is someone that I think you can plug in the middle of that defense and have a tremendous impact right away. How about you pair him up with Benny Logan, who they just brought over? Really skill set-wise, similar to a, to a Benny Logan and what he can do. I'd like to see those guys play side-by-side. Side. you got Chris Jones in the mix there. Now nice you've rotation. got a rotation. Get those guys rolling through there. Uh, that would be outstanding, uh, Buck. All right, tell you what, that's that's the AFC West. We've got the perfect pairings going there. Now, a team in the AFC East that we've talked about before on here, the Miami Dolphins, 10-6 and six last season. This is a big year for them. Adam Gase did a great job last year. Chris Greer, young general manager there, one of the bright young stars in the personnel community, in our opinion, to see where they go forward. And I know you had a chance to, to sit down with Chris Greer, so this is your conversation with Chris, kind of a state of the franchise here for the Miami Dolphins. Chris Greer, you're entering your second season as general manager for the Miami Dolphins. I think every team talks about the core traits that they look for in players beyond the athleticism and stuff. So for the Dolphins, what are some of the things that you look for in these prospects when you're making the evaluation? 
I'm big on prototypes. That's you know my background. It's you know the you know Coach Parcells. We did it with uh, Pete Carroll. We did it with uh, Nick Saban, Coach Belichick when I was there. I, I think it's important to know what you're looking for in your team. It's not something that you can't be like too strict and say like every player doesn't fit because like Jarvis Landry, if a player we took would not be a prototype player. <laughs> Self-admitted, he looks terrible at the combine. Right there, he would have a letter grade that would identify that he lacks some of the athletic testing numbers. But when you watched him on film, he was a dominant player in college. So you can have prototypes, but you can't let it blind you. You just got to see the tape will always tell you what the player is. Adam Gase, a known quarterback developer, first year head coach, your first time general manager. How do you put all that together to make sure that that quarterback who's central to your success has everything that he needs to be successful? Yeah, I think if you asked uh, Adam, he would tell you what attracted him to our job was Ryan. You know, he had seen him in the past and, and wanted to uh, kind of work with him. And, and I think Adam has a, a tremendous feel for the details and kind of uh, what makes a guy tick. He'll try and fix uh, the person off the field before in terms of, okay, this is what we need to develop a leadership or this is what we want to do to improve this area and, and what can we do. And then, then it goes into, okay, the study habit. So uh, Adam has a very unique way of how he breaks things down uh, and then to develop that relationship with Ryan. It, it's kind of special watching the two of them because, you know, Ryan is, like I said, a tremendous person, very smart, but Adam's kind of brought another side of them out which is funny to see but you have to be around them to see it and in terms of with Adam and I it's been an easy relationship from day one I mean uh, you know Adam I mean he's he has a scouting background so he appreciates what we do and he's he's been very honest he's like hey whatever you believe in he goes I trust you we had you know good offseason draft last year and he's just like hey tell me who I need to look at I'll look at and 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 let's roll and so it's it's been fun I don't know about you, Bucky, but, uh, man, I was excited when he got that gig, somebody that's really worked his way up through the process and, and really a kind of a scout scout, very respected in Chris Greer. Very respected. They have done a great job of putting together a nice product on the field, and it's only getting better. The coaching staff now is one that can develop those young players and begin to see the product of their work on the field. All right, we're looking for a couple instant impact players for the Miami Dolphins. They pick at number 22 in the first round of this draft. So we just came up with a name of a guy we think you can drop in there, plug and play, make an immediate impact, maybe help them get that extra win or two they're looking for there. I'm going to go Tack McKinley from UCLA. Edge rusher, you talk about a fastball coming off the edge. This guy plays with unbelievable effort. He's a look, he's a hundred meter guy in high school. I think he ran ten six. So you know what kind of athlete he is and how what kind of closing burst he possesses. We always talk about it on the Move the Sticks podcast though, Bucky. The most underrated aspect of a pass rusher, effort. Effort, being able to get him down, being able to collect those garbage sacks just because you outwork the blocker, he has that ability. He is a nonstop motor. I kind of wrote down in my notes, he's an energizer bunny. The guy doesn't stop. He's going to be a handful for people to block off the edge. All right, that's uh, that's who I got, Tack McKinley. Give me another player, maybe another defensive player that drop right in and play and help him out. How about Buda Baker? And Buda Baker, I'm talking about a guy in the second round that would be a nice fit for them. We talk about teams being in nickel about 70% of the time. He is the best nickel on the board, nickel corner, nickel safety. However you want to deploy him, he has that ability. Blitzes off the edge is a tough and physical tackler. He also has great instincts. He plays the game the right way. He could be an impact player for the Dolphins in the secondary. Yeah, he's one of my favorite players to watch because all the different things he can do. Now, one of the things he'll probably be asked to do at the next level is match up and cover tight ends. Speaking of tight ends, 
I had a chance to sit down with one of the top tight ends in this draft class. Most teams have him as a second tight end. Wouldn't be shocked if some even had him as the number one tight end in this draft class. That's Miami's David Njoku. Got a chance to chat with him and a uh, pretty interesting fella. David, how you doing, man? Great. How are you doing? Good. How has this uh, this process been for you? It can be long and grinding. I know that. <laughs> it's a blessing. You know, it's a blessing to be here. I'm uh, just very excited. All right. So where you are in the process? You got your pro day coming up at the at the end of the month. Yes, sir. You've got some team visits taking place. Do you have any any private workouts set up as well with teams? Uh, yeah. My agent, uh, Malky Kawa, is setting all that up. You know, it's uh, it's gonna be very hectic, but you know, these are, are good problems. Yeah, we're gonna be in Philadelphia before you know it, and you're gonna know where you're going, and yes, it's sir. gonna be a it's gonna be all gravy from there. I want to get a little bit of your backstory here. Of course. Tell me a little bit about your your family because you got a very unique situation there. right okay so um uh two parents same parents uh there's nine of us so i have eight siblings wow my oldest brother innocent he um he, he finished medical school at cornell he's now a neurosurgeon in upstate new york uh chelsea she's a nurse in new jersey lisa is finishing school i believe she has like a semester left or so faith is actually with us right now she's mm-hmm. uh she's in medical school here in california Gladys finished um, college in New Jersey with a degree of mechanical engineering. Golly. Um, happiness is already married. She's in the uh, religious area. She's She married a pastor, so she's doing really well there, um, I believe, two years now. Uh, then there's me and uh, Evidence, who signed to play at the University of Miami next uh, next next season. What position? Receiver. He's okay. like 6'6", six, six, like 205. He's a beast. He's Good awesome. Good night. All right. And then there's Charles, who's, who's a sophomore in high school, who I think is going to be better than all of us. So we'll see. You know, it's that's that's a pretty accomplished family that you've got yourself there. And then again, we've talked before, but about your dad and his background. He's got a unique background right, as well. Right. Uh, so yeah, um, he used to own an airline in New Jersey. Um, but now he's into like the oil refinery uh, area. So he's he's doing pretty well. And his nickname? Uh, they call him Chief. And now they call me Chief. So you uh, got you get the Chief as well because because right. you, you guys look alike. Is yeah, that what it is? We look very similar together. So very uh, very yeah. All right, cool. I, look, you're off, I've told you, you're offensive line coach there at Miami this last year. Stacey Searles, my offensive line coach in college at Appalachian State. You didn't have to do App State like that, <laughs> the way the Hurricanes came I in there. It's, you didn't that, need to do that. Pers- yeah. There's nothing personal. You know, it's just, you know. It, it felt personal. If it did feel personal the way you did it. But <laughs> I've already asked him, but what would what would your coaches say about you as a football player? What would they say they're getting, an NFL team's going to get in Mr. Njoku? Right, they say I'm uh, very competitive. You know, I uh, when it comes to practice, I, I, I hate losing one-on-ones. I, I refuse to, you know, so uh, – I'm very competitive. Um, I work hard. I'm, I'm, I'm a little goofy, you know. I, I like, I like, you know, having fun. But you know, it's time for everything. Uh, so, and I'm, uh, you know, ready to to get this going. So, your new coaching staff comes in there with Coach Rick. Did they did they early on realize okay, we can do some different things with you? Because when I when I watch you on tape and when I got a chance to see you play live. They do kind of some unconventional things with you, giving right. you tunnel screens, bubble screens, right. a lot of stuff you would design for a wide receiver they designed for you. What was that like getting that new staff in there and trying to work the offense around you? It was good. Uh, I feel like um, it made me a lot more uh, versatile than I, I was. I mean, I was I was before, but it made me you know, even better. So um, the defense doesn't know what we're going to do. We can run a bubble or, we, or I can go block or I can run a route or I can you know can do anything. So it was it, it was good that um, we didn't switch it up to, to, to like make it easier for defense knowing that what I'm going to do. I'm going to put some tape in the in the monitor behind us here in a second. I'm going to awesome. do it of a guy that you remind me of. First of all, is there any player that you kind of admired growing up at the position or that you see a little yourself in? Um, I'd say Jeremy Shockey. Uh, obviously a bunch of uh, greats at Miami, Greg Olson, Keller Winslow, Jimmy Graham. But I, f- uh, I feel like Jeremy Shockey is like when I watched him when I was younger, 
he was just like the, my uh, my role model, and now he's one, one of my really close friends. So it's it's crazy how how life works. It's amazing how many people forget about Kellen Winslow too. I was with the Browns when he was there, and you talk yeah. about a dynamic, explosive it's athlete. Beast, yeah. But your explosiveness and athleticism, to me, I thought you were a bigger version of Vernon Davis when it, when oh, I evaluated Vernon Davis coming into the league. So we've got some Vernon Davis footage uh, back here. So <laughs> well, I want to let Vernon you Davis. watch him a little bit. It, and you know, I don't know how much of Vernon Davis you've seen in the past. Now you see him with the with the Washington Redskins. Not quite the same guy he was when he was a young buck yeah. with the Forty Nineers. Beast though, yeah, of course. But give me your give me your take here when and when you have an athletic tight end like him, like yourself, what that can do for an offense. Oh my god. I mean that's just like it's an honor to be put in that conversation, you know, he's a he's a beast. He's he's very emotional. That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah, he's emotional. I want to know yeah. if you've got. Do you have any tears? Any stories of you crying on a football field? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, after the Duke game when I was a junior, um, you know, after that crazy play, uh, it was uh, this was it, the long kick return. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone, you know, me myself included, we knew like you know God was working that night. Um, it was five seconds left. We were down. No one thought we could come back for that, and we ended up scoring a, t- a touchdown and winning the game. It was. It was very emotional that night. All right, I want to get one more thing in before I get to your big three questions here. Um, your track background, to me, that's unique. I, I've been in scouting for a long time, and I've had a bunch of receivers. I've looked back at their track background, and I've seen – I remember like Hank Basket was a wide receiver back in the day. was a seven-foot high jumper. We made such a big deal about this in our draft room. You know, he was kind of a later-round guy, but, man, seven-foot high jumper is no joke. Tell them what you jumped and how big you were when you jumped. <laughs> I jumped uh, – in high school, I jumped seven feet, one inch. Oh, I was 20. Gosh. And last year, I, I also ran track in um, college. I jumped six ten and a quarter. I was two forty. <laughs> that is ridiculous, man. Uh, anyways, that just speaks to the athleticism David brings to the table there. All right, uh, three H's. We ask these questions to all our guests that come on. I'll start you off first with here. What's the greatest hardship you've had to overcome in your life? Um, I guess just you know staying focused. You know, be, uh, living in Miami, uh, there's a bunch of distractions as you may know um, in every aspect. You know. So uh, just to to be focused throughout these uh, last you know few years and now even more more than ever, uh, it was it was definitely um, difficult to not you know do what everyone else does and you know just be your own person and and, and just work hard and you know uh, stay level headed spiritually mentally and physically. Um, um, I'm I'm really glad of where I'm at right now. So avoiding the peer pressure, eyes on the prize, and, yes, sir, and uh, and keep going there. All right. So we talked about your hardship. How about the greatest highlight of of your athletic career? What would that be? To be honest, it was uh, winning a bowl game. You know, uh, uh, my team, ha- uh, we haven't won a bowl game in a very long time. I'd say in about, uh, about a decade, they said. And um, with the new staff, you know, Coach Rick was really high on that. And I was too. You know, I didn't want to leave school, uh, my, uh, college without winning a bowl game, you know, my whole life. That's, you know, that's, that's not a, a good, you know, ring to it. Um, so the bowl game, winning that, you know, just sharing that moment with, with my teammates, my family, you know, my family came, everyone was so emotional. It was, it was a beautiful thing to see. I was at that ball game. You had a great game there as well. Thanks. All right. Last one. And that's a simple one. Who's your hero? My hero. Um, that's a good question. I have, I have a bunch of heroes, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give you an exemption. I'm gonna give you a couple. Give me a couple of your heroes. Then. All right. My hero. Um, I'm gonna put in one category my whole family. You mm-hmm. know, just like everyone. You know, like in my family, I have a big family, of course. So uh, just, yeah, you I, get in trouble if you single out one of your siblings. Yeah, yeah, after yeah. All. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, you know, just uh, everybody. You know, uh, uh, my oldest brother to you know Faith, who's here right now. Um, like they always, they, they 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 never gave up on me, even though I was at my like I, my lowest low to highest of high. You know, it was straight. You know, love and family, compassion. You know, uh, and that takes that goes a long way. It, it gave me the the courage to pursue this goal and continue, even though it was very hard. Um, a couple of mentors, Pepe Garcia, Joel Myerson, uh, you know, they, they talked to me along the way as well. They were helping me, you know, they were showing me the way, like how, like 
how to keep striving. Jeremy Shockey, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even, uh, you know, my, my teammates that now, you know, Brad Kaya, Stan Dobar, Chris Herndon, um, even Malik Wazir, who's second string quarterback, you know, it was, it was everyone's like, you know, making sure that everyone, we're all focused, we're all ready to go, and we take care of each other. So uh, that means a lot to me. That's awesome. He just set the record for most heroes. <laughs> and I like that about you. you got a lot of people that have Thank had you. a big influence on you. And, man, you are a fun player to watch. You're my 12th overall player right now in this draft class. Thank you very much. I think much. this guy's a lock to be a first-round pick. He's going to make some team very, very happy. This is a great football player, a really good dude, David Njoku, Thank University you of much. Miami. Thanks for, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. I'll tell you what, the family story that David Njoku has, I mean, just how successful, how wildly successful everybody in his entire family has been, it just makes you think there's no way this kid's going to do anything but be successful in the NFL. Yeah, when guys are right, wired the right way, they have the right makeup, then you really are willing to bank on their ability to succeed. He has all the physical traits, but his mentality is what will separate him from others at a position. Yeah, you talk about just a rare athlete, high jumping over seven feet. That's Man, ridiculous. That, that is ridiculous. So he's going to be a fun one to watch to see where he lands in this draft, what kind of instant impact he'll have, Bucky. But I'll tell you what, man, we had a jam-packed show today. We weren't lying when we said uh, this might be the – I think it's the best one we've done. Might have been the best one. We were on the treadmill, though. We yeah, were getting it going. We're moving. We're moving. we got lots of content. And I'll tell you what, we got a lot more content coming your way on the Move the Sticks podcast. You can check that out, nfl.com slash podcast. You can find our videos, nfl.com slash MTS video, as well as on YouTube. We've got a lot of content coming your way as we march towards the NFL draft. This is Move the Sticks presented by the U.S. Marine Corps. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.